Good evening and welcome to Horror. I'm Lee. And I am still Adam. And we are here, as promised, uh, ten minutes ago in real time, um, <laughs> to discuss... The uh, illusion's being ruined. I know, I know. I like to share with people. Uh, but we'll, we'll, just, we'll just get complaints. And then we'll there'll be a petition saying that we've got to be taken off Welcome to Horror and someone else has to do Welcome to Horror. Because we're ruining it for people. We're spoiling the, we're the spoiling, Yeah, we're spoiling our own creation, apparently. <laughs> um, so we are, as promised, going to cover um, uh, horror comedy series. I actually, until you messaged me, Adam, I didn't realise just how many there were. And... I, to put them into a list the way you did, I was like, shit, and all of these are just so, so good. So can't yeah. wait to discuss them. It's definitely... Because that was the thing, is I was I was thinking, like, something that we can do, to, to be honest, off the cuff. Yeah. And it's like, this is pretty much the central, like, element of our friendship yeah. over the years. Has always been comedy, always been horror, but we... When, when they meet, particularly in sort of on TV as well as film but yeah. certainly on TV that is where we are like oh did you see the, this and did yeah. you see that and it's oh, and yeah, and just discussing it them. episode by episode yeah. by text yeah, quoting yeah. each quoting them and quoting ones from like fucking like 10 20 years ago yeah. and knowing what we're talking about <laughs> you know much much like we do with say black adder or something like that yeah. you know where it's like you suddenly realize that i've been saying i'll be back into drastically for the best part of my life i still say it now <laughs> and people, and it's funny because you say it nobody knows what you're talking about but nobody says what did you just say yeah it, they just let it go which is interesting it's like if you use the expression gay as a window from brass eye People, I've, I've used that. Yeah, I've people. Used... People just seem to exp- go with it. You know what I mean? They don't. <laughs> no one ever goes. Hang on. <laughs> so, um, um, obviously, we we are going to be doing uh, what we do in the shadows, the film. We are, um, which is kind of where the inspiration came for this list, because obviously, the we've had the first series of that. And oh God, have we ever? I we've I've had it twice now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I I started rewatching it very early in the morning with Ted, and Ted every so often now will voice complaint by going. <laughs> so he will do like you know you know when they're arguing and they just yeah. bear the fangs, <laughs> and yeah, every so often Ted will just do that, and he definitely picked that up from when we were watching what we do in the shadows. So pleased to hear that. It's excellent. Um, so um, I mean, is that a good? I suppose that's a good enough place to start. I was going to say, just before we do drop into it, yeah. have you seen anything since our last recording? Um, I've seen uh, I've seen Madhouse with Vincent Price and Peter Cushing. Excellent. Which just Christ, that's insane. Yeah. I can see I can see why it's called that. It's I mean, you've got the clips from old Vincent Price Coleman movies in there. Yeah. And like just the I mean the the woman in the cellar, the the parents where it's like the their their daughter gets murdered and they're just fucked off because it was an investment. Mm. They'd adopted her and then put her through film school and then they weren't gonna be put out by someone murdering her, so they're trying to like blackmail him for money. And it's like what? Yeah, it's an insane movie. It really is, and I'd forgotten about Robert Quarry being in it. It was obviously in um, the uh, Doctor Fives Rises again. Yeah, 
And it really makes me now want to see the Count Yorga films that he did. Yeah, I've not got round to those. No, I haven't. I, uh, they've always intrigued me. They'll be cheap on... Next time Arrow do a sale, they'll be cheap again. So I might, uh, I might invest at that point. That sounds like a plan. Because they... Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, he's great in it. But I think it's it's everyone doing what they do best. Um, and, yeah. And as I think I, I said to you off, off mic that Rishi Smith went as Dr. Death the uh, Vincent Price's character within the film yeah. uh, to uh, Halloween 2019 which is uh, as good enough recommendation as any but I can see why in a weird way apart from the fact that the twist is so glaringly obvious that it's just not a twist yeah um, it's like a long form inside number nine yes in that it's like you know it's it's a mystery but filled with character and grotesquery, rather than just sort of like, right, the important part of this is that there's a mystery. And it's like, this adds nothing to this film, but what? Yeah. Like the wife, who's like, oh yeah, I started having affairs, and you hear about these women who, you know, you hear about these men who just hire women for sex and then just beat them up. Well, it got a bit out of hand, and they uh, trapped me in a burning car, eh? That's a film all on its own, and you've just done it in two sentences. Lost over yeah, it. and that's it. That's that's the end of that. You know, and that's why she's wearing a wig. And you're like, hey, yeah, it's, it's it's a proper sort of like. And have I admit no, no, I haven't. What? <laughs> and for a film to baffle you that has a twist, and the only thing that doesn't baffle you is the twist, <laughs> it's quite an impressive thing. So, I will I will recommend Madhouse to anyone. Um, because of this, uh, yesterday, um, Claire said, because we, wa- we started watching it and Claire said, hang on, is this another Vincent Price bumping people off film? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I suppose it is. So she was just like, right, uh, oh, okay, yeah, I'm up for that. So, um, oh, and so she watched it as well? Yeah, she watched it. She really enjoyed it. I'm loving the fact that Claire has gotten into horror off of the back well, of all of these uh well not only that but also we watched last night uh house on haunted hill the what original did, wow what did she make of that she really liked that she wants she wants to dress like uh carol omar yeah um in all of her outfits um <laughs> she was just like i mean look at it. i mean it's classy i mean it's amazing isn't it look at the way the bitch is dressed and she was like really <laughs> and just enjoying the fact that it's more cattiness from Vincent Price and like him and his wife bickering and I mean obviously we've covered it as a episode a uh, little while back now I think yeah. it was probably the, but um, so you know go to that episode if you want more about House on Honey but Claire really really enjoyed it and yeah I think she I think I'll uh, that was about to go wrong because I was about to say I think I'll take her down the Poe cycle <laughs> but it's just wrong um, yeah. yeah, I think I might show her some of the Vincent Price films that were made with Roger Corman based on Edgar Allan Poe stories. <laughs> um, I think that's a brilliant... Because yeah. I, I've got a particular love for, for that cycle of films. Mm. Um, and the films that are around it as well. You know, I've always said one of my favourite... Again, horror comedies. Um, uh, Comedy of Terrors. Yes, Is actually. just such... A, Amazing, yeah. Amazing. I think I think we need to watch that actually because I know because funnily enough that that was the thing is I was thinking I might show her the Raven because then she's seen some Carl as well and um, 
and uh, Peter Laurie. Yeah. Uh, but also Tales of Terror. Because that was the yeah. thing is I'm sitting there sort of talking to her about um, House on Haunted Hill, and then I was like, actually, if you go back and listen to the episode, she's like, well, I must have listened to it. And I was like, yeah, but it's a bit. You probably haven't. Probably won't make any sense when you've not seen the film yeah. as much. And she was like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to go back and listen to that. So presumably she might do the same with Tales of Terror. But um, that, again, is more because now it's like, right, now you understand why we all love Vincent Price. Yes. And now I'm going to force you to love Peter Laurie, and I don't care if you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, she's really got into, she just, I think she just likes, I think she likes Vincent Price on the, because it's on the right side of Ham. Yes. You know, oh, it's, yeah. it's a very mannered performance and everything, but you you kind of know what you're going to get. Not only that, but also Claire is a massive Kenny Everett fan. So Bloodbath at the House of Death oh. is assuming. Yes. Uh, another podcast may be covering that soon. Not us, oh, but cool. somebody else may be covering that soon. We well, shall see how that goes. If it's who I think it is, I'll be very, I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I have been watching... So, I finished Gremlins 2, as we discussed on the mm-hmm. ep- last proper episode. Yep. Yeah, that film's more batshit than I remember it being. Um, oh, yeah, it goes... <laughs> I've got to say, honestly, hand on heart, I prefer it to the first one. I do. It's so much... Fun. Like, the first one is all-out, balls-to-the-wall fun. Mm. Uh, it's beautiful-looking. The second one is the 80s and 90s percent. Just that yeah. absolutely over-the-top ridiculousness. The Key and Peele sketch just says it yeah. all, really. Because, um, it, 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 I mean, if, if you... I think if you... I can understand if you go to that film from gremlins loving gremlins and everything about it hmm. gremlins 2 is not a sequel no in the, in that set gremlins 2 is gremlins 2 is like you know that i mean not not necessarily great films but you know there's that they, they sort of went through that period of like oh you remember this show that used to be on the telly well, we're going to make it as a film, but we're going to be ironic about it and know yeah. that, and, and it's going to be a knowing comedy that it knows that this is silly. Yeah. And like, because didn't they do like with the Baywatch one and they just had, they were people going, it looks like he's walking in slow motion. Or yeah, running, you know, yeah, it was full of that. Type and of... I think, yeah, I think that's kind of what Gremlins 2 is, is kind of like, it's, Gremlins 2 is more of a film that's a comment about, well, not even Gremlins, it's just, just what it wants to fucking be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely brilliant! You can see that because weirdly enough, that was the thing is when when I watched Gremlins with Claire, because mm. uh, obviously it's a Christmas film, and um, she she said I've got uh, I've got two words for you, Looney Tunes, and I was like, right, you wait until we've seen the second one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and not just because Bugs and Daffy are at the start of it, yeah. you know, that is it has got that, and yeah, it does make me like. So I did notice it this time. I'm sure I noticed it at the time before. But yeah, when one gremlin is tattooing the other and it's a massive Warner Brothers shield he's yeah. tattooed across his chest. <laughs> Laugh my ass. Like honestly, I sat we sat in bed and watched it. L- laughing like really laughing out loud, mm. hysterically. All the way through it's just every scene is just it, mental and hilarious. I think also the weird thing is is that I'm glad that the fi- the, the film kind of picks up the I think the film just kind of put the second one f- picks up the fun element of it. Yeah. But the fun element of Gremlins is the Gremlins and just them being mental. Mm. Like when it's I mean I just Claire I think Claire was like Claire looked at me I mean she 
it was funny, but clearly not as much as I was laughing at it. <laughs> when his secretary gets replaced by a gremlin and it's just in a red sweater <laughs> banging the keys. <laughs> <laughs> and I was losing my shit. And it's the only explanation I can... Genuinely, it's the only explanation I have for the love for my child. It's because it's that same thing of... You're a fucking random, aren't you? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And yeah, I just love the sort of the mania that comes with the gremlins of just it's like frankly, it's like getting like letting chimpanzees loose in a in a house or yeah. something like that and you can without you having to clean up. Yeah. You know, you can just enjoy this. Look, look that one's throwing shit at the walls. <laughs> that, one, that one's just punched that one. <laughs> It is exactly like yeah. It's, oh. They've got into they've got into the China. <laughs> They're throwing plates around. Yeah, are we playing for this? No. Oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, just really love that. <laughs> um, I I've also just finished. Yes, we did. We did. We watched the last episode in two parts. Um, the Witcher series. Oh, on I keep seeing Netflix. things about this, and I've no idea what it is. Essentially. <laughs> Right, so it was a video game, by all accounts. Right. That they've turned into... Basically, they were like, oh, Game of Thrones is finished. We need something that's basically Game of Thrones. Mm. Okay, let's take a computer game that's a bit like it and make it into a thing. Yeah. It's a, it, things like the opening title sequences and stuff are a little bit too Game of Thrones for me. Right, yeah. It's a little bit too on the nose. Um Oh, uh, Jennifer really liked it and that's the only reason I stuck with it to the end mm-hmm. I have certain issues with it which I shall name now number one his voice just gets on my tip like he does that is it someone famous or is it... it's the guy who played uh, Superman oh Henry Cavill yeah that sounds about right bear with me caller I am on IMDB right now <laughs> that's the job I want Bear with Caller, I'm on IMDb right now. I'll let it you is know. Henry Cavill. Ah, that's um, it, yeah. He's not a bad actor. He's pretty good. Uh, but he, by all accounts, Jennifer was saying she read an article where they basically said, yeah, they'd shot a load of scenes and then off scene they were discussing because he's a big fan of the actual game. Right, okay. And he did the, the really over-the-top voice. And they went, brilliant, we're reshooting all them scenes again. Oh. You're doing that from... Oh, and it gets on my tits like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um... Everybody who can do magic is wearing terrible contact lenses. Right, um, okay. That really annoyed me. And again, I don't know if this goes back to the game. I'm assuming it probably does. Mm-hmm. The two name, main characters... Now, names are one of those things. In a fantasy thing, you have to get yeah. the names right. It's like... Well, famously, Newt's Commander gets right up your... Precisely. Yeah. I have the same problem with this. So the two main characters... The Witcher's name is Gerald. Well, that's just Gerald said by someone who doesn't understand how hard and soft cheese work. Equally, the female mage, who is the kind of second character, because it runs in like three stories that are all running consecutively, her name is Yennefer. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what Please I Please tell me that you're, that's what you call Jennifer now. Yennefer? It's a little bit too on the nose, unfortunately. Um, but... I have called her it several times. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is, it is... I was just like, all right, so you didn't bother writing names. You got someone who's never heard these names pronounced and just give them to them written down yeah. and see what they came up. I was like, oh, you've got... Oh, and the 
third character as a child called Siri. I was like, I am just so not falling for any of this. That must have been a nightmare on set, isn't it? <laughs> hey, Siri. Well, I'll oh, fuck up. A thousand phones light up. Turn your phones yeah. off. I thought I said leave them in the dressing room. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that kind of pissed me off. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, other than that, it's... Um, Fringilla. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> And there, there is another witch whose name is Sabrina. Are you just laughing at the name? Are you laughing at Mouse Sack? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the best insult I've ever heard. <laughs> you Mouse Sack. Uh, yeah, as I, there are things about... It, it's a really nice-looking show. Mm. Like, they've done a really good job making it look really good. Again, I've not played the game, so I can't speak to how close any of it is to yeah. that. It's got some really good elements, but the things that annoyed me really annoyed me yeah um, I think there's a, to be honest I think that there is now quite the panic with HBO hmm. where they are like shit we need game, we need a Game of Thrones yeah and I mean if, in fairness I mean something like like they did Watchmen um, that has no that doesn't look like Game of Thrones it doesn't no. fit so they are trying I think to sort of you know it doesn't necessarily have to follow that format but they need to fill that space but with they, something yeah and I think now they're getting to the point of like right has it got anything else with dragons in it <laughs> you know <laughs> and I think that's the problem this has because it was Netflix which I like I like their programming um, the problem is because they can choose whatever they like to continue because they're bankrolling it ultimately mm. that was why I was like did we get to the end of it because it doesn't have an ending it just ends on a bit of a cliffhanger like all of the other episodes because ultimately they know it's getting a second series because they can pay for whatever they like. So yeah. it doesn't have an end, but I, I'm not massively annoyed by that. Less annoyed by that than I am by the stupid names and the fact that he doesn't talk properly. Mm. But he does. his acting in this is good. It's yeah. just the voice that they've asked him to do. Well, it's a uh, Christopher Nolan problem, isn't it? Yes. again. You have to speak up. My mother's very hard of hearing. Boom. Yes. So I think that is everything we needed to cover. I think so. Yeah. Uh, very quickly before we dive into what we do in the shadows, because I don't have an awful lot to say about it, but I do want to discuss it very yeah. quickly. On the last episode, you mentioned to me that the old woman who played the nun... Well, she's not that old. Uh, who played the nun who turned up at his house and tried to cut his daughter's head off was in a show called Frankenstein's Arms. Oh, yes, yeah. Did you find it? I have. They All five episodes, I believe there are, oh, are right, all okay. on YouTube in their oh, entirety. Okay. 50 minutes apiece. Yes. Uh, I've watched three quarters of the first episode. Yeah. Uh... It's entertaining. <laughs> it's it's very seventies made for TV. Um, oh, I I didn't doubt it would be. I mean, it's called Frankenstein's Arm. Yeah, you know, it's already. It, I'm already kind of seeing where this is going. If if it had been over here, Molly Sugden would have been without a doubt. It's, yeah, <laughs> Frankenstein's it is, Arm. It's totally that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, honestly, like I was, I think I was uploading the last episode or doing something. So I just wanted something running in the background that I could just kind of flick in and out of. Mm. And it worked perfectly for that. Like, I, it's enjoyable enough. The comedy's a little bit slapstick. The Frankenstein's monster is uh, uh, an insufferable turd. Uh, um, 
But, he is though, isn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. he's just whining in the bloody Arctic. Oh, my dad <laughs> didn't like me. Well, buck up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I will probably give it a couple more episodes just because I found it quite fun. Yeah. But I realised because I knew I knew her from something that woman. Cause she's the uh, Aunt Bedelia in Creepshow. Yes, yes, she is. Yeah, because uh, I don't think I don't think we covered that. Yeah, because I yeah because I dropped that in right at the end just because I thought you'll go and find that. Aren't I? It's because she yeah because so so in Frankenstein's art she does the same accent which I don't know if that's actually her accent. Because, right. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she does, and I was like. Definitely remember her in a big hat driving like an idiot in something. Yeah, and then all of a sudden I was like, He's going, Fast and the Furious, Fast and the Furious 2. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine her in Fate of the Furious? That would have been so good. Um, but yeah, so that was what it was. So yeah, totally enjoyed that. Cool. So, yes, what we do in the shadows, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, like I say, we're going to cover the, we're going to uh, cover the film and, uh, yeah, I mean, the sh- obviously the the TV series is a different set of vampires. It's in America rather than in uh, New Zealand. Staten Island. Uh, yeah, uh, which I love that when it's like sort of when the master asks if they've conquered the world and it's like, it's, I, haven't, I haven't really got the street. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and obviously, you know, an entirely, entirely new cast, entirely new set of vampires. You've got kind of Novak who... Uh, Mostly, certainly over in England, mostly famous for Phone Jacker and yeah. uh, Face Jacker. And, yeah. Uh, uh, versus, you know, Step Ladders, talk to me. But the he, thing I know him from more than anything is, uh, uh, to go back to Brass Eye again, um, is uh, Four Lions. Rubber Dingy Rapids, bro. Oh, yeah. He literally is one of those things I laugh so hard I nearly puked. Mm. Like, just every line in that film, he is amazing. Yeah. No, I mean that is a great film, and actually, Chris Morris has got another film out. Um, mm. Looks like similar sort of yes, similar sort of fare. Yeah, about the FBI fitting up uh, terrorists. Yeah, like a, a, a black Muslim guy fitting him up as yeah as a terrorist. Yeah, and it's um, oh, I think it's uh, our day will come. I believe it's called. Um, I think it's out now. But um, let's have a look on uh, the on yeah. the end on the. But yeah, so I mean, obviously you got uh, kind Novak, um, Natasha Dimitrio, who I hadn't really seen in much. No, um, she's in um, Stafflet's Flats, which is a sitcom with her brother Jamie Dimitrio. Oh, the day she'll the day come. she'll come. It's oh, called. There we go. Um, and um, she was also in uh, uh, I th- I can't remember what it was called now, but she was in something called. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. If you just have a quick shifty on there, where was it? It was. Da, 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 scroll down to actress because it. Ellie and Natasha. Uh-huh. And, and, and Natasha, and that is her sketch show with um, the uh, woman who is Eric's girlfriend in House of Fools, Vic and Bob's House of Fools. You know I, Eric, his son, and then yes. yeah, and then I do follow her on IMDb, and she does post stuff from a TV show, and I was like, I wonder what that is that she's doing. But yeah, I will definitely be checking that out. Cause, yeah, because uh, it, it was they did it as a one-off, but it's really, really good, and especially because there's the thing about uh, what was it there? They keep talking about. Uh, succulents they go to a shop and it's like have you dealt with succulents before because they're just selling cactuses um and yeah that's just really great and 
Yeah, so, oh, and you've got her playing uh, Narja, Karen Novak is Nandor, and um, then you've got the mighty Matt Berry playing Laszlo. <laughs> Bat! That, I love that. That is my favourite yes. thing. Every time he had, before turning into a bat, he has to shout it. Yeah. Nobody else does, so he doesn't no. have to. He just does it. Bat! <laughs> that that now is up there with whiskey as a yeah. very sort of just one shout <laughs> moment. But yeah, and I think they're just and obviously you've got uh, Gilmoro who is um, uh, Nandor's familiar, yeah. who is obviously a human being but he is brilliantly cast that guy is so so good good. Uh, Harvey Gillen I don't think I've seen him in anything else to be honest but he is yeah he is just brilliant in it and it it is it is it is a four sort of four part ensemble cast yes with him it's not just the three vampires you mean basically you've got Matt Berry and Natasha Dimitriou are married Mm -hmm. and then uh Guy Novak and Harvey Gillen together. Yeah. Uh, so they formed. They can form two sort of distinct double acts yes. uh, within the thing. And then you've got the thing that, if anything, elevates this over the fucking film for me. And I think actually, I mean, I I love the scene. Funny enough, I, I just before I come round here, I said to my mum about uh, it was coming back, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you told me to watch that. I much preferred the series, to be honest, because she watched it the other way around. She watched the series and then watched the film." I've got to admit I was going to bring this up I had exactly I watched the film loved it and I was like doing a TV show amazing oh yeah it's different cast and I was like mm. and even when I saw the cast I was still like it's not going to be the film though I mm. much prefer this series to, yeah. the, to the film and, and it's and it is, just amazing and, it, and um, Jermaine Clement and Taka Waititi are still involved they're the writers yep. and stuff like that so it's not it's not one of those things where they've just removed it from the, you know they've just From taken the creators yeah, and taken and, it off and yeah it's not like the because I don't think the American office had anything to do with Ricky Gervais other than they bought the format yeah um, but this yeah they're still sort of like heavily involved they obviously turn up I mean you've obviously got them and um, Johnny Brew turn up as the three characters in yeah. the trial episode which is just one of the best uh, I, I, I had no idea that was going to happen. The cameos in that yeah. literally blew my mind. I'm, Every time the camera turned around, and I was like, "What? How is she? Yeah. Why is he doing yeah. this? Like for this tiny little show?" And just, the, but also that just that lovely little idea that anyone who's played a vampire in something is actually a vampire. <laughs> and you've got like Tilda Swinton and Danny Trejo and fucking fucking Wesley Snipes. I know, just you know, oh. Unbelievable. Because there was actually a line in it as well, which is um, a Tom, Tom and Brad coming, and it's like no, they couldn't make it. Yeah. And obviously, and I wonder, it could. I think the success of the show. I think that Tom and Brad might be popping up next year. Who knows? It wouldn't surprise me. And it really uh, and the one thing that has been, uh, they're they're doing a new series, which is fantastic. Oh, best um, news I've heard all week. Even better than that, Mark Hamill's going to be in it. Oh my shit! He put he put out a thing on Instagram which was just like, oh, I'm doing a project that I am so excited about. I can't tell you anything about it, but I will keep you updated. And it's like, oh, you mysterious bastard! <laughs> if if you're drinking blue milk out of a set of knockers <laughs> on a sort of stretched elephant, people are gonna go Shh, fucking mental, mate. If that's what you're saying. Um, and then he revealed, and he was like, no, this is like, this has been my favourite show of this year. 
and oh, I've just I, made up that I'm going to be in it. I love that guy so yeah. much. Not just because he played one of my favourite characters in the, the, the movie ever, but he's just such an amazing guy. He I don't really like Luke is. Skywalker, but I love Mark Hamill. Do you know what I mean? It's like sort of Luke's a bit, yeah, he's all right. But fucking Mark Hamill is a god. And actually, that is that is who Luke Skywalker is in the new films. It is Mark he's Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. And I don't think... I. I don't think people appreciate that that much. It's like, well, it's like that thing where there were people going, oh, you know, he turned up on a planet and he's just a weirdo and he's doing weird shit. And it's like, what do you think fucking Yoda was doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, he just turns up, robs your fucking... <laughs> goes through your stuff, hits your droid with a stick and then he's all cryptic at you. I was re-watching those again as well after the new one, trying not to get... Uh, if you haven't heard it, uh, <laughs> do go to YouTube... And uh, Seagull, put in Seagull, stop it now. Watch the bad lip sync, bad uh, lip reading, lip reading videos. Yeah, because um, they've done the new one, the mustache. Yes. Which Claire has been seeing because she obviously has a stick. Yes. So yeah, uh, mustache. Um, but yeah, go and check that out. <coughs> uh, and bushes of love, but uh, but more seagulls. Well, I mean, Mark Hamill obviously has a bit of a pedigree with his love of comedy. He always talks about the young ones and bottom, yeah. which is again something where you're like, wow, like look. And it's, it, to me, it's not so much Luke Skywalker knows the young ones and bottom. It's more this American knows bottom yeah. and the uh, the young one seems to be sort of it's bit more. Because he's a massive stoner. Yeah, no, that probably helps certainly. <laughs> a yeah, massive stoner. but um, but I know he said that because he's in Man Down, like mm. in uh, like an episode of Man Down, and he literally said this was my opportunity. The reason I'm in Man Down is it was I loved the show. And obviously Rick Mayle was in it before he died. Yeah. And he said, and this is kind of me getting to work with Rick Mayle. I'm co- yeah. I'm on the same IMDb page as, a, as Rick Mayle in something. Yeah. And it was like, that's that's beautiful, you know. And and presumably also why Aid Edmondson was in... Was in Star Wars. Was in Star Wars, again. Because there is a lovely picture of both of them standing next to each other. And I don't know who's doing the better sort of Eddie... Open mouth surprise <laughs> face, whether it's Mark Hamill or Aid Edmondson. I think Mark Hamill sort of just tops him, but he's yeah. And but I mean, obviously, yeah. But and then, um, but it's not the good thing is is that what we do in the shadows is not a retread. It's no, no. it's it's an it definitely an extension of mm. where the movie is, and you get more interesting. Like there's and there's lovely little moments in it as well where you've got stuff like they can't use. The you know the etcher sketch that you get when yeah. you have to sign for something these days. Oh yeah, none they of their fingers work. Yeah, because they're too cold. Yeah, and it's like that's again that's something that that could have been in the um, in the recent Dracula. Yeah, where it's like that's thought through. You know, where it's like no one can use the thing. But yeah, as I say, and then you've got Colin Robinson, the psychic vampire, <laughs> which is one of the finest fucking creations. <laughs> In anything, and just his face when he's getting off on like yeah, trauma going on, and yeah, yeah, like that, and just yeah, and then and Doug Jones turning up as the Baron, yes, who again, it's yeah, I think that again, this is something where if you like your hot, if you've not seen it, if you've not seen the film, please go and watch the film. If you've not seen the series, if you love the film, definitely watch the series. If you've not seen without it, a doubt, because you've got so many sort of. Um, you know, you know, there's so much lore in there, but it is, I don't, it remains so true to the film without sort of peeing on it or making things sort of any the less or whatever like that. You know, it's not, 
it's not a what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's just a companion. Yes. To it, it's this. It's more of the same in a sitcom format. Yes. Rather than we're trying to redo this or we're trying to redo that and everything. And I think yeah, just it's so sort of yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just great. As you say, it's it's taken that really funny documentary following vampires idea mm. and kept exactly the same sense of humour but it's it's different enough that you you don't immediately compare the two yeah um and i think that's why it worked for me as i say and that's why i ended up falling more and and it's it's one of those shows that like we say with gremlins i sit on my own in a dark room and laugh out loud yeah the other day Jennifer came in and she was in the kitchen and she came in what are you laughing at and it was the <laughs> it was you know when they've got the LARPers yes. and there's the girl and they're all bullying her and Nadia's hovering outside the window yeah. and she says don't worry small girl soon they will all be dead and you can shit on all of their crap <laughs> yeah can I just say and this is, I don't know if this is a worrying thing or not but that so reminded me of Claire <laughs> Like that is how she that's how she watches the X Factor, or so, or like sort of you know a reality show where it's like, don't worry little one, <laughs> soon they will all be dead, <laughs> and, and which is quite good because it kind of that frames me as Matt Berry in it, and I yeah I can yeah, you I can't see, go wrong with I that. can see that, but um <laughs> but I just yeah I just think it's a great show and I was this is something that I know is new to you I've not seen it so I really really desperately want to see it and I'm going to I'm going to track it down. Um there is actually a spin-off from what we do in the shadows that exists it's called Wellington Paranormal and it's following the uh, if you've seen what we do in the shadows you'll know that there are two police officers who turn up and basically go through the health and safety element of <laughs> keeping a vampire in the basement you know and um yeah they've done two series of this um again uh uh and jermaine clement are involved people from uh the film have crossed over into it you've got um stew from the movies in uh, an episode um and yeah it's like sort of basically like a sort of X Files for the city of Wellington in New Zealand, and it's they go around and they deal with the problems with werewolves and killer robots and vampires and various other things like that. And some of the werewolves from uh, some of the werewolves from uh, what we do in the shadows reprise their roles in Wellington Paranormal, and they're also meant to be doing and it's not I don't know what the situation is where it is there is another spin-off they're doing called We're Wolves so W-E apostrophe R-E We're Wolves which is following the werewolves from I was about to say from the movie I loved and if I don't know if Reese Darby's involved but he should be because Reese Darby is one of the funniest fucking people on the earth imagine that but yeah, and so I've definitely got to track down um, Wellington Paranormal. Uh, it's been, it's I think it's been shown on, it's been shown in uh, New Zealand, Australia, 
Um, don't think it's been. I don't think it's been available anywhere. But I know certainly. I know they've done two series of it. I know the first series is available on DVD. So I'm going to have to track that down because. I was Frankly, just about just, to say, I think when you leave this evening, the first yeah. thing I'm going to do is go and buy that. Yeah, because I, I need, to, I do need to see that. I yeah. think that it's, um, I trust them enough that it's, and not only that, but also if it's got a second series, you know that it must have something to it. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, it's got yeah. enough potential story to still, yeah. like it hasn't dried up. Mm. And as you say, the fact that what we do in the shadows has spawned a great show. And a great TV show, um, a great movie. Sorry, and a great TV show. That, like that, um, that format and that world that they've created, yeah, is so dense and so heavy. Like, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's a lovely thing. Because I mean, even even if you think about it, I mean, even something like um, they've only really dealt with um, vampirism, obviously, in what we do in the shadows in the TV series. Yeah. But with Wellington Paranormal, yeah, there's zombies. There's it's everything. Yeah, you know, all monsters are there in existence or whatever like that. And so it's about them causing trouble in Wellington. From what I gather, it's almost a bit. I I think they've kept the documentary format. Yeah. So I think it's almost like sort of cops, essentially, <laughs> but <laughs> but cops, X Files, comedy. Oh, so I this. really, really need to really need to watch it. And like I say, We Are Wolves is supposedly going to be another spin-off coming out as well so the episode with the vampires versus the werewolves was yeah. just one of the funniest episodes of that whole season actually the the episode that was another thing that I really loved as well is that you can see again I would recommend I'd recommend this to a horror fan who likes their documentary stuff like spinal tap or or even the office or things like that you know where it's that sort of fly on the wall documentary style but done as a comedy yeah but I think the amount of vampire lore and love that is in there, because they have like the orgy episode, yeah. and they have all vampires, and they they even have like Chinese hopping vampires, yeah. Which is like that's a pretty obscure reference yeah. unless you are really aware of the it. things, you yeah. know. And I don't know. This is I can't remember where I read about this, but apparently, and I can't remember whether it was to do with what we do in the shadows or was it something completely different. Hmm. Apparently, there is a thing about if you find a vampire and steal one of its socks, put a potato in it, and throw it in a river. Uh, that traps them in their coffin, and if that is actually a part of vampiric law, is it, it, like they uh, the the thing I read that in, it was like obviously this hasn't really been in most of the movies. You know, you haven't seen like Christopher Lee have his socks nicked to keep him in the ground. Although probably if they'd have gone on and done more movies, they might have ended up having to go down that route. Sorry, just very quickly, uh, I know this will only matter to one listener, but Dave, if you're listening, your sock that went missing at the wedding, maybe this is the secret of where it's gone. <laughs> Who knows? Sorry, yeah, a vampire a... needed a spare sock now. That the other... Or someone is trying to... Someone knows that Dave is a vampire. Yeah, they're trying to seal him up. Yeah. We shall see. But, I mean, something like that, surely that is something that what we do in the shadows would adore. Yeah. Those, something As you like say, that. those things that are so deep down that nobody knows about them but mm. they're there and just and, yeah. I, and again like I say you sort of you know for anyone coming into it it's like just a bit of it's like that same thing with The Simpsons where you can enjoy The Simpsons if you don't know what films they're referencing yeah but boy do you enjoy it just that touch more and you're like that's 
well, it's mainly Hitchcock and Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, but, yeah. But you sort of you you can enjoy it more when you know where the things come from. Yeah. And similarly with that, it's just like a little bit of weird colour in the in the thing. But it's like oh, because uh, I think I actually got needlessly excited about the Chinese hopping vampire. Yeah. To the to the point where it's like all right, calm down. You know. So, so yeah. So obviously that comes highly recommended, and yeah. I'd, I'd imagine that a lot of our listeners are. Have seen the film and have seen the series. But, yes. Yeah. But if you haven't, definitely go and check it out. Yeah. It's so worth. If you've been concerned that it won't live up to the film, do not worry. Yeah. I say that was my issue. I was, I was concerned that it wasn't going to make it, but I, I just been totally blown away by it. So go and check that out. Now, we've waffled on long enough about one subject. Now we're going to get onto this, which I fear. Maybe an issue in, the, in the, when it comes to timing as well, for the same reasons. Uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, one of the most beautiful, <laughs> fully rounded, just chunks of genius that's out there. And and it's, again, one of those things, it links to what we do in the shadows, because of Matt Berry, obviously. Yep. This is the first thing I saw Matt Berry in. Yeah. Um, and it's... Oh my god! It was. I mean, obviously, it was. There's only a single series of it. We don't know. I understand it has a certain cult following in the states, but yeah. uh, certainly, even over here, it's not that. It wasn't that well known and that that big at the time. Okay, because we went on the was it ten year anniversary? It was. Yeah, I was thinking um, about that. We went to and they had a screening of it uh, with a lot of the cast there it was matt holness who is one of the creators him and richard aoardy who has now stratospherically you know he's the host of the crystal maze it crowd um film director like submarine and stuff like that uh, which is a great film he's done uh, some hollywood stuff he was in uh the watch yes he was yeah and um yeah he's sort of like really sort of gone out for the bit between him and uh matt holness they created this thing and this is definitely one for I think if you've not seen it if you love your 80s horror I th- if you love archive TV as well yeah. in so much as if you appreciate an old series with wobbly sets or even and this is this is something that I just felt almost like it was like someone is speaking to me directly when one of the episodes has to be reconstructed out of stills <laughs> from the on on set stills <laughs> because they've lost the footage. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the concept is is that they made this series for Channel Four back in the, uh, back in the eighties. Um. It never got it never got shown, but now they've decided to show it because it's of interest. Um. And Garth Marenghi, who is the writer, star, uh, even the tunes are based on. Uh, music whistled by Garth Marenghi um, is basically I would say he's somewhere between Stephen King and who's James Herbert yes he's you know leather jacket yeah the the um, aviator shades like and even I mean that they, they have that sequence it's actually in Man to Man with Dean Lerner where they interview Garth Marenghi and they have that sequence around his house which is just Clive Barker on the South Bank show yes that is all yes. that is and yeah, it's that sort of pompous, slightly up themselves, well, very up themselves in Garth's case. Yeah. Uh, horror writers who sort of believe that they are very uh, dark, very evil. 
you know, I think if I hadn't found this outlet for this, I would be a serial murderer. <laughs> and, um, yeah, just this sort of... Um, he does, and his explanation of why it's never been released is because it was too crazy and too off the wall. They were too the forward thinking. The studio was yeah. scared to show it. <laughs> I just thought it was But, I mean, even... And they sort of... They split it up with talking heads between... Um, uh, Garth Marenghi, Matt Berry playing uh, the actor Todd Rivers, uh, who is basically just a perfect <laughs> encapsulation of a drunk old actor who doesn't even remember doing the bloody thing, and uh, Garth Marenghi's uh, manager and literary agent Dean Lerner, who is Richard Awardy, yeah. who also has a role in it as um, the head of the hospital and is just wonderfully. I mean, it's. It looks perfect. They've yeah. graded it perfectly so it looks like an old 80s shot on video thing. Yeah. Um, there's... And they intercut it with the interviews where it's things like... Uh, what was it? Uh, uh, due to running time, everything everything without dialogue was considered for slow-mo. Yeah. And just, yeah, just this beautiful sort of like little world they build. Uh, and obviously you've got Alice Lowe in it as well, who... From Prevenge. Who did Prevenge and sort of, you know, again, um, a lot... And sort of guys from the Mighty the Mighty mm. Boosh turn up, Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding, obviously, yeah. you know, they turn up in it. And similarly, uh, the crossover goes back to the Boosh with most of the cast of Garth Marenghi as well. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't know, pitch perfect sort of... It is, and it's... Uh, um, don't get me wrong, I'm glad they only did one series because I think beyond that it mm. might well have... You know, they might have run out of ideas for it and it may have been a stretch. But, uh, yeah, I just... I, there isn't a bum episode in there. No. Um, And equally, the I, I'm not a fan of commentaries on DVDs. Yeah. I never, ever watch a commentary or anything on DVD. So I've had so many people tell me that I needed to watch this with a commentary, and they were absolutely right. Yeah. It was like a whole new three hours of genius. Yeah, because you get Rich Nowardy, Matt Berry, and Matt Holness in character as, as the actors, as the, as the actors <laughs> and Garth Marenghi and Dean Leonard, and just like, and I mean, Matt Berry is perfect because it is. That feels like listen. I've tried many a time to listen to old Doctor Who commentaries, and in fairness, you're talking about actors. You know, most of whom are probably quite familiar with with booze, <laughs> and they're trying to talk about something they made in like 1972. Yeah, and they don't remember shit all because it was a job. Yeah, you know. But they're sort of like they're going, oh, what's this chap doing? Oh, oh. <laughs> that's it. And that's. Again, stuff that they and sort of at one point Garth Marenghi storms out because they claim he's wearing lifts. Yeah, and just... Matt Berry Matt Berry goes out to get some cans because they've run out of booze halfway yeah. through the. It's pool. just so it is. You get another you get another three hours of the show. Yeah, because of that, and yeah, and I mean it's just unfortunate that Alice because that's the other thing as well is they build up such a great they build up a great mythology outside of the show mm. that the show is almost surplus that you get to see the show and it's you know it's poorly made and cliched and the effects are ropey and mm. the cuts are dodgy and stuff like that but it's those sort of cutaways and things that just really yeah really made, make they're it. the bits that stick with you i think the... if, you, if they just made if they had just made it as a straight ahead spoof Without those contextualising elements, yeah. 
I don't think it would be as good. I'd have no, still, I'd still enjoyed it, but that most of those are the killers. I mean, it's stuff like, um, you know, we uh, we try to do the best that we can, which is why I'm very, very annoyed about the uh, the cat that we killed. <laughs> and you know, and just oh Christ! It, it, I mean, it was the first time I'd seen Richard Ayoade, I believe. Yeah, I think anything. I think I think this was my introduction. It was my first introduction to Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding because that was the first thing when the Mighty Boosh came oh. on. I was like. Oh, that's the priest from... Oh, and the monkey man from See, Dark Place. I know. think I'd seen Boosh first before mm. I saw this. Yeah, because Dark um, Place came out... Def, Dark Place definitely came out before the Boosh. I think they were almost the same year. But the very first episode of the Boosh was... Uh, so, Garth Ring is 2004. Uh, and the Boosh, 2003. 2003. Oh, right, yeah. okay. Um, but, yeah, they... Um, so I could, so that was and obviously Matt Berry is in the first series of the Boosh is the yeah. head of the zoo and stuff like that and um, but yeah you've you've even got and I think it's just so good that you've got the you've got the element of like certainly from like with Matt Berry's character where um, you essentially have him playing the actor and the actor playing the part in yes. Dark Place. Uh, Garth Marenghi, as per would be expected, doesn't really change that much when he's. <laughs> it's just, and also, just that lovely thing where it's just loads of that sort of, you know, stupidly earnest stuff where it's like sort of like, oh, you're you, uh, you're a bit offhand. Well, maybe you'd be offhand if everyone you knew and loved had died. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just like shit that they'd, they'd bung into like episodes, of, you know, like sort of crappy eighties sort of stuff where it's like, oh, you know, he's a loner. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. his what his wife and postman were killed by terrorists, and that's why he now walks from town to town <laughs> solving problems. And also, it was a big thing for us because it was set in Romford, which is um, yes, of course, the, that that beautiful jewel in the crown of Essex. <laughs> we uh, don't live in Romford. I would like to point that out. We don't live in Romford, but most... we're close enough to frequent it in our youth on yes, a regular basis. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah. chill. Well, I mean, when 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 my sister Sarah worked there, uh, I would regularly get a text message in the morning. Romford is the cruelest of cities. <laughs> um, and yeah, I've, again, if you if you like and know your eighties horror, this will appeal. Yeah. If you like your old crap telly, this will appeal because it's in that it's in that same sort of thing where it was like telly that you could. Nowadays, obviously, telly has arcs, uh, you know, and sort of through lines and stuff like that. Mm. Whereas Dark Place was from mm. the the era of like the A Team and stuff like that, where it basically it was like, right, this every episode you can watch. Yeah, there's no plot. Yeah, there's you no just character. Pick an episode up at any yeah. point and watch it just on its own. Night Rider, that alone. sort of thing, you know. Yeah. And and but like I say, I mean, everything about it is just spot on. The music is spot on. The, yeah the bad dubbing, the sort of disjointedness of cuts and things. It's and... that kind it's the same as I get with Look Around You, where yes. the thing that it mimics, it mimics so perfectly that you almost can't differentiate and it's Yes. It, it is. It is very um uh, funnily enough that was uh, something that um we um I know Claire was talking to Bobby from Not For Everyone about was she pointed him in the direction of Look Around You. 
Oh, yes. And which he has been watching. Excellent. I shall be and, quizzing him on that. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it is very much of a piece where you just, yeah. And like I say, you can you can watch it and it's it pretty much like the, the four main leads. You're like, oh, that's pretty much everyone who's sort of gone on to so many other things. Yeah. And I rightfully mean, so. Yeah. It's... Uh, and obviously Matt Holness then went on, has actually gone on to direct proper, well, not proper horror films, but you know, like, like um, actual horror film, uh, the actual horror film Possum, yep. which is in no way a comedy. And no, it's like, not it's in the least, it's al- horrible. Almost to the point of reaction, where it's like, <laughs> sort of like, right, you see me do funny. Um, <laughs> but he also did some, he's done some really good short films. There's one called Smutch. Um, and there was the shootist, which was very much like a sort of almost. That was very much a spoof on stuff like sort of you know like tough guy action stuff like the yeah. Equalizer or um, yeah, yeah. the Sweeney that sort of thing. Mm. Um, a gun for George, that's what it's called. Yeah. Ah uh, yes, we did see that. Yeah. Yes. And um, yeah, so there's there he did that, and um, but yeah, he did a thing called the Snipist, and he, he's sort of he's. Sort of doing the rounds slowly and everything, and obviously Alice Lowe, um, you know, I mean, it's fucking incredible. Um, yeah. Like Prevenge to have, Prevenge is an incredible film to have written and directed, to have written and directed whilst up the duff, and. You know. I, I just I can't I just I can't I just can't understand how she could possibly have done that. I mean, I, it's, it's, it it's is, incredible. It is, and and the fact that it's it's not just. Oh, you made this film while you were, and wrote it while you were pregnant. That's really, it's a genuinely fantastic film, yeah. even without that element to yeah. it. It's just incredible. And uh, and obviously, Prevenge has Kyle Novak in it from yes. uh, what we do in the shadows. There will be a lot of crossover on this. It, sort of yes, stuff, I think. yes, I think there. Will. <laughs> you know, it's it's bound to happen. So, um, so before we get too swept up, yeah. let us move on to. What would you like to cover next? Should we go here? I th- well, I think the league, because then we can lead yes. into about three, and then save that for... Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So, uh, one of the originals, for me, of uh, mm. of horror comedy TV shows, uh, League of Gentlemen. Yes. Uh, I took a very long time to get into it. Yes, I re- actually, yeah, I remember, because I, I think I was sort of... I was on board... Pretty much from when it came out, and I think it helped that I knew, I at least knew Mark Gatiss from writing bits and pieces, like mm. bits and pieces he'd written for Doctor Who. Yeah. Like um, at that point, novels. It wasn't on telly at that mm. point, so I kind of knew him. But pretty much, it was just like a, a leap into this. But this was back when, like BBC Two would show you comedy on a Monday, yeah, and it was pretty much guaranteed to be at least watchable. Yeah. If not, you know, it was going to be of, of of a certain level of quality. And then the league obviously turned out to be, you know, stratospherically good. Yes. Um, so I I think it must have been season two was already out. I think the first two seasons were out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had not long been with Lady Jennifer and she'd borrowed the box set of the two seasons. Mm. And she kept putting it on, and I kept telling her I didn't like it, and she kept saying, oh, go on, let's just watch And I was like, all right, fine, I can watch one episode. And then it, so it just took a long time for it to click with me, but once it did, yes, I was like, oh, my God, how has it taken me, like, eight episodes or something for this to finally land? But luckily, I had been watching them in, in sequence. Yeah. So 
once I did get into it, I was like, oh, right, no, I'm I'm in and I don't yeah. have to go back and fill in the gaps. I yeah. can just carry on with it. Because um, it is that weird thing of essentially it's a sketch show, but unlike, I mean, like we was, funnily enough, like we were saying with Garth Marenghi being a s- sort of take on shows which had no through point, hmm. is weirdly enough, it's a, a, certainly the first series is essentially a sketch show that they managed to devise a community and a town that houses all these figures of varying levels of grotesquerie and weirdness <laughs> and strangeness and horror. And, yeah, they. I think the impressive thing is that, that I think it's on... Again, that's something that's worth listening to the commentaries because they're not doing them in character, mm. but they are just genuinely funny as fuck the three of them like it, well it's the four of them because you've obviously got jeremy dyson who writes but doesn't appear yeah um mark gatis um steve pemberton and reese shearsmith yeah and they are hilarious bitchy and just like it's just i mean i would hate to be an extra on the league of gentlemen oh, really? because there is a lot of sort of like, well, the way that bloke's standing there yeah he's just waiting isn't he <laughs> and sort of like you know they they sort of they they're not afraid to have a pop but they're also not afraid to go that one that guy's really good where did we get her from she was really really good <laughs> but obviously there's not much of that because most of it is played by them yes but on the commentary for it they said i think it was um you get to whichever it is episode 5 or 6 where tubbs and edward's son turns up yes and it's that and they said that they were really shocked because obviously the first series does have a laugh track mm. and they were like they were really shocked because he said oh I'm I'm yeah I work for a company we're building a road through here which has obviously been this through thing yeah all the way from the start and they said the audience went oh <laughs> and they were like we just did that as like we thought it was like just a sort of basic framing device thing mm. and then we realised that everyone was taking notice and everyone cared <laughs> that you know Tubbs and Edward were worried about the new road coming in and it, and they said we didn't realise we'd written a dramatic point that an audience <laughs> picked up on and it's very true I think they sort of because yeah that first series is kind of because they did it on the radio as well but a lot of it originated from their stage show yeah and there was no obvious connection Apart from they were like, well, if it's a town, you can have a vet and yeah. uh, the job centre and a, a, an arguing couple that can be anywhere yeah. and the businessmen and, and stuff the cabbie. Like. And yeah, and it all sort of like, yeah, they just the genius idea is intermingling it also. It feels like a story. But then also there's that potential crossover as well where it's like, which they don't do that much. I think it's only the third series where you start getting characters crossing into other story arcs. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. everything remains reasonably separate. Yeah, uh, certainly for the first two, and then it's only things like um, Benjamin gets kidnapped by Tubbs and Edward yeah. at, the st- at the end of the last one or whatever, the first series or whatever like mm. that, and it's all. Yeah, that, but yeah, that third series where they start, and then when they had their big comeback uh, a couple of years ago for the anniversary. Yes. And again, the the stories sort of crossed over where you had Jeff um, being hired to murder Pauline, or yeah. no, being hired to murder someone else, but then murdering Pauline by accident yeah. and so on and so forth. And it's like, yeah, I see now, and that's another 
thing, um, yeah, so them coming back and doing those three episodes, that, that after, I mean, it was a long old break. Um, yeah, because I think it was, it was like... The, was it I 2000, th- just looking at the years on IMDb, it looks like 2002 to 2017, so they'd left it for 15 years, and yeah. those three episodes, if you watch them all in sequence, you wouldn't have said there was a gap. They just... Yeah, they really hit the ground running. There's no... Yeah. And, and again weirdly enough it's something that I think when like when we had like when Invader Zim they did that recent Invader Zim uh, movie movie the end of the floor puss yeah and that felt like oh we've just continued yeah Um, similarly with the league I think I think the league always had that element there where it's like if you're a fan of it you're always waiting for Pauline to turn up yeah so it doesn't have that same sort of horrible thing where things would come back and it's like Oh, you remember that quirky character who's in this one? They're coming back and doing this bit in it, and so yeah. they always had catchphrases, and they always yeah. you were always hoping that this was episode was going to have uh, Jeff in it or um, Chinnery or whoever yeah. you know. And so I don't think, and but they also have that lovely thing of those little one-off characters. Mm. A lot of them are Mark Gatiss, but the sort of one-off characters like the uh, the guide the cavern guide and yeah, stuff like that of course, and yeah. um, and they did another one of that where it's the bingo caller yeah which is just sad you know yeah. there's a lovely element to them of they they do put a lot of melancholy and pathos into it yes but never it's never saccharine it's never detrimental and it's never that horrible thing where it's like Oh, for fuck's sake, I watched this sitcom for a laugh and you've just had someone's... You know, yeah. like, I think it was... Um, uh, what was it? The Royal Family, where they, they did, like, Nana's funeral or whatever mm. like that because the actress who played her had died. Yeah. And it was like, well, that was fucking maudlin. Thanks for that Christmas special. Yeah, you know? exactly, I'm yeah. just going to go and watch some orphans burn and cheer myself up. You know, it's like sort of really... Whereas they managed to make things poignant but never... It never tips out of... No. Into sentiment or and I don't think they I don't think they have that as as writers. Mm. Like anything they've done subsequently, I don't think they've really No. You know, they they are not afraid the they are not afraid that the character can be monstrous. I mean it's even like they said, there's weird things like where it crosses over from like you boo Ross by the end of the yeah. League of Gentlemen. Like, and it's like, so you're booing Ross, who is essentially the victim of Pauline for most of the first series. (laughs) And again, that was one they said on the, like, where it's the turnaround where it turns out Ross is the investigating person. And everyone was like, sort of, and everyone's like, oh, Ross is a bastard. And it's like, what are you talking about? She's been eating him with a clipboard. And like, you know, she is a monster. Yeah. But they somehow manage. Somehow, yeah. Like her because because it's a funny character. Yeah. yeah. But and, but they managed to put that thing in there where you do feel sorry for Pauline and you shouldn't feel so. Weirdly enough, in real life, you wouldn't. No. Because you would only see the monster side of it and just think, oh, fucker. Yeah. Whereas some somehow they just sort of managed to do that. They, the, 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 uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the connection you have with these mm. characters. And again, it, I think it's the reason that, it's, that it did the full four seasons it had a, a feature-length movie that we went and saw at cinema. Yeah, League of Gentlemen's um, Apocalypse. Yeah, the Christmas specials. Yeah, um, yeah, the, the, the depth of characters are just mm. fantastic. And like you say, you do have a real 
as kind of connection with them, even though they're all horrible. Sh- everybody in it is a horrible shit. Yeah, but you still, but like you're, st- you're still, <laughs> you're still coming back for more and rooting for them. And I think also there's a weird thing where you kind of, not everyone, but you kind of get everyone. Hmm. It's like you've got Charlie and Stella who are just the horrible bickering couple. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they'll sort of like just put in a line, and you're like, sort of, oh. So that's why it's all. That's why they're like that. Yeah, and you kind of go, oh, and it's it's that weird step back you get when it's like, you know, someone's a complete. You meet someone who's a complete prick, mm. and then they're like, oh, but such and such happened to them, or they were, you know, yeah, or yeah. you know, their wife died in a car crash or something like that. It's like, oh, that's why they're a fucking prick. Yeah, you know, and it's a weird thing that they just managed to really. And it, it keeps the characters from being one dimension because, as you say, they've all got catch like catchphrases. They've all got a lot of the stories all follow very similar, yeah, uh, patterns each time. You know, the vet's always going to turn up. He's always going to try and help the animal. Yeah. He's going to kill it. It yeah. happens every day. So they are very formulaic, but they somehow, as you say, manage to add this depth of character to them, so they don't feel like. Like just like a one punch line yeah. thing, like you might get with um, well, a think, Harry Enfield type thing. Well, I think actually, the, weirdly enough, the thing that came out of this came out roughly the same sort of time, roughly similar in terms of like having grotesque characters and stuff like that, is Little Britain. Yeah, but Little Britain, I think, really did feel formulaic. Even yeah. by the end of that first series, you were kind of like, "All right, so yeah, so right, so he says, don't do that." He gets out of the wheelchair and does that. Then he gets back in and he's unaware. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. And like you say, every every bit of Pauline, like certainly in the first series, every bit of Pauline, it's just like, right, they're going to turn up and she's going to be an arsehole. Yeah, yeah. But somehow they always manage to make that. I mean, even like Tubbs and Edward. I mean, Tubbs and Edward is the most basic sort of sketch of like, you turn up, they think they're weird at you and kill you. Yeah. But somehow you've also got the stuff in there like where it's the... Uh, the road builders tied to the thing while oh Tubbs dances, Tubbs around, dances and around and he's <laughs> playing a fucking skin drum <laughs> or she's sitting she's sitting there eating an uh, eat, that's the thing that all over that commentary they keep saying it over and over again which is eating an eating an onion as if twere an apple <laughs> which is obviously something because that's the thing they have such a grounding that you realize their obsession with like documentaries and stuff mm. where they've obviously watched these real life figures yeah who are but again there's not many of those sort of things when it's someone who is genuinely real you do you know you can watch a documentary and think oh that's that fucking woman's mental mm. but at the end of it you're like that's a bit sad, you know. Yeah. She's you, you sort of be, you understand still that person's life, and although it's although it's a terrible comic, person, yeah, yeah it's, or it's but you're still sort of like, oh, you know, poor them. Which again, Little Britain, I don't think ever had. Little Britain was always Little Britain was more on the attack yeah, in yeah. a weird way, whereas I think the league comes from a an odd place of love, despite the fact it's brutality and murder and. Yeah. Darkness and and okay, I mean you're never going to feel sympathy for Papa Lazarus, but the beauty of Papa Lazarus is not that. The beauty yeah. of Papa Lazarus is fucking main. Yeah. And again, these are all sort of watch the commentaries as well because they do give you such an insight. They're not afraid of saying where stuff comes from. Yeah. And like Papa Lazarus was their landlord. Yes. And yeah. you know, just was a guy who just used to ring up. Steve, there. <laughs> 
I want to talk to Steve. Um, yeah, and as I mentioned it briefly earlier, one of the things, I, I missed it this year, I was really shit this year, I've normally got maybe 20 things that I try and get through every Christmas, and I normally manage about half of them, this year I've managed two films I think, um, but yeah, the League's Christmas special yeah. is is one that I always try and make it to, and as I say, I didn't this year unfortunately, but it's fantastic. But I don't think you need to watch it at Christmas. I think it would still yeah. work just as well any other time of the year. So. Oh, definitely. And I think, and weirdly enough, they they describe it as being like um, like Treehouse of Horror. Mm. Is they say it's a bubble episode where you get the characters, but it's all sort of stories and apocrypha and yeah. dreams and stuff like that, which is something that they then go on to do with Psychoville with their Halloween special. Uh, excellent. Right, so uh, we have waffled on way longer than we thought we were going to about those uh, series. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to cut it here, um, and the next episode is going to be a continuation uh, yes. of horror comedy shows. Uh, so please comment below. Don't forget to send us your questions. Hashtag ask welcome to horror. Yeah. Don't don't forget to send us uh, things you may have found in a wood. Yes. Or uh, pictograms of obscure things. That'd also be good. Uh, also, thank you very much. Uh, we did get a message. Uh, Joseph Watson let us know about a HP Lovecraft. Uh, oh, yes. For in the Dark radio show, which I've not listened to yet, but I'm very excited to uh, to check out. It's good. So, oh, you've, you've checked it, it out. It's good. So, oh, yeah. yes. So we'll be checking that out. So thank you very much, Joseph. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Go and check out the things that we have been discussing, and we'll be back in a fortnight's time to discuss to dis- more of them. To discuss more of them. <laughs> thanks very much for listening. Good night. Good night.